first reading is Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. This can be found on page 972 in the Red Bibles. And we have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back of church. And the page numbers for those are on the screen behind me. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This is the word of the Lord. managed to survive in the face of the terrible storm we saw last weekend. As soon as we get the name of the builders, we'll report it live to you, so you know which firm to avoid. But now we're going live to just outside Capernaum to hear the news as it happens. Hello, yes, you join me in the outskirts of Capernaum. Now, it's usually a pretty desolate place, but it seems a little busier than normal today with crowds of people coming down off the mountainside. I'm told that Jesus has been teaching on the mountain and has some pretty interesting things to say. But we're here now because apparently Jesus is doing much more than talking. We're hoping to talk to someone who has been with Jesus. Um, ex- excuse me. Could I, um, could I ask you a few questions? Oh, absolutely, yeah, of course. Now, I'm assuming that you're here, as you're here, you've had the chance to, to hear Jesus teach. Hear him teach? It's been a bit more than that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Jesus has changed my life. Changed your life? I mean, isn't that a little bit dramatic? I mean, he's only been here a few hours. How on earth has he changed your life? Well, I'm, I'm guessing you don't know really where we are. I mean... This place is pretty deserted, really. Normally, there's only people like me around here because well, we're unclean and we're sort of, you know, the outcasts. Yeah. You're, you're outcast and kind of unclean? Yeah, well, no, I mean, lepers are still unclean, but I'm, I'm not because Jesus has made me clean. Jesus has changed my life. But, but how? I mean, has he changed the rules or something? No, no, he's not, he's not changed the rules in that. I mean, lepers are still unclean, but, but I'm not. I'm really not following you. What do you mean? Well, we're out here because nobody else wants to come near us. Nobody wants to really touch us. But that was until, well, then Jesus came along and has changed everything. Yes, and you keep saying he's changed your life, but how? Well, I mean, I was pretty desperate, really. You don't know what it's like, you know. I mean, you can't see your friends or your family. You can't go up and give them a hug. Or anything like that. So nobody really wants to come near us. But then I said, yeah, Jesus then came along. And, and uh, what did he do? So I saw him and I, I'd, I'd heard him speak. And I thought, right, I've got to do something. So I ran down and I got on my knees and I, I asked him to heal me. And then you know what? He did the most amazing thing that nobody's ever done to me before. He actually reached out and he touched me. He, he touched you? 
Yeah, I know. And normally, I mean, that would be pretty life-changing for him, really, because, you know, the disease I've got. But you know what happened? It was amazing. So rather than him becoming unclean and dirty, I was made clean. I've no longer got leprosy. It's amazing. Jesus has healed me and changed my life. That really, really is amazing. Well, yeah. So anyway, so he told me, he said, look, go and, go and make a sacrifice and be thankful. And I, I, You don't understand how thankful I am about it. No, of course. It must be amazing. Now, there was one other thing, though. He did tell me uh, not to tell anybody. So is it just between us this, this morning? I, I mean, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Whatever, really. I mean, but, it, you know, it's just so amazing that he's had such a, you know, change to my life. Wow, it truly is. The unclean made clean. Fascinating. Back to the studio. That is the first of two uh, episodes, two stories that we're going to hear from Matthew's Gospel this morning and think about in just a moment. We're going to stand and we're going to sing that experience of grace that the leper had been through is something we're going to sing of now, the experience of grace. Uh, I think it's a song that's reasonably new to us. Um, So I think we're going to be, uh, so you might kind of pick it up as we go along. So let's stand and as the music starts, uh, we will um, uh, make our way through it. The second reading continues in Matthew chapter 8, reading verses 5 to 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. This is the word of the Lord. some driving tips from the Duke of Edinburgh but now let's go back over to Capernaum because we've got some more breaking news. Hello, can you hear me? Can you tell me what's going on over there? Thank you, yes. I'm here in the city of Capernaum on what has been a very surprising day so far. Jesus is causing quite a stir here and I've heard reports of the most remarkable events taking place. Oh, hello sir, Could um, could could I have a word? Hello, hello. I understand that you had an encounter with Jesus earlier. Could you tell us what happened? Uh, uh, of course, but um, oh, to, 
be honest with you, I, I'm trying to get my head around. It's all a bit tricky, really. Now, you're a centurion, is that right? Yes. Yes, I am a centurion. I am, I'm very important. And uh, people, uh, well, they do what they're told. When I tell them, I give orders and they just do it. Okay. Neil! Well, you said Neil, so I, I knelt. I was calling Neil my servant. Neil, sorry, take my very important shield, please, and give it a polish. Thank you. Sorry, you, 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 know, you, are, you said you were important, and I, you, know, you have quite an authoritative voice. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of you. Anyway, what does this have to do with Jesus? Okay, well, um, you've just met Neil, uh, one of my servants. Uh, he was uh, incredibly ill, paralyzed, uh, full of pain. Uh, I'd never seen it. He was completely useless as a soldier. Um, and, um, well, being a very important and scary uh, centurion only gets you so far nowadays. Um, and I really didn't know what to do. So I asked, uh, I asked Jesus uh, to heal him. And Jesus uh, said he wanted to come around to my house. What an honor. Jesus coming to your house. No, of course not. No. You see, I wouldn't deserve to have Jesus under my roof. Jesus has got so much uh, authority. Uh, no, I just said to Jesus, uh, just say the word and um, my servant would be healed. And you're saying you thought that if he, even without going there and without seeing him and without touching him, he could heal him? That's unheard of. I know, but you, see, you don't know Jesus. You know, uh, I don't think he was expecting me to, to actually say that. So, uh, so what did he say? Well, Jesus, it was amazing. He just said, well, you've believed it, so your servant will be healed. Jesus healed him with a word. A word. I know. I, 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 and, and what's more, he... He actually helped me. I mean, I'm a Gentile. He, he doesn't go hanging around with people like me at all. And yet, he said the word. He saw him. He was healed. Amazing. He's an amazing man. Well, thank you very much. That, thank you for talking to us. That's all we have time for here today on Galilee News. That is the, uh, the second of our two stories, the story of the centurion uh, and the story of the leper. We're going to think about those in just a moment. Um, we're going to stand and sing we, the experience of grace, the, the, the wonder of, uh, of what Jesus was able to do when he walked here on earth. We're going to sing of that now, so we'll stand together. He walked on earth showing glimpses of heaven uh, as we um, start. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for your word to us. And Lord, would you open our eyes and our hearts just to marvel at you afresh uh, and to see the impact you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so Matthew chapter 8 and these two um, episodes that we have. Um, and uh, we begin with the story of uh, the leper um, and then we'll look at the, the, the centurion. If I could just read the opening again um, for us. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And the story of the leper and the, the centurion, they offer a, a contrast. And they offer a contrast, but they start with a similarity. And the similarity is, uh, is really in the fact that we have here two outsiders. 
the leper is an outsider, and as you probably picked up as we were uh, sort of seeing it dramatized for us, he is an outsider because of his disease. And it would have meant a physical um, uh, uh, distance put between him and others. He talked about being outside of the city uh, because there were places that lepers couldn't go. There were places that they weren't allowed to be. Uh, you didn't associate with them. They were called um, unclean. Um, and they were called unclean. Um, uh, and I've got a picture here. Not, in a sense, not in the way that we might think of it, in that when I'm unclean, that I can go and wash and I can sort that out. They were unclean in a slightly different way. Again, a sort of a, a spatial difference almost. There are a category difference. Those who were considered clean and were able to move and be a part of society, and those who are unclean and had to live at a remove and were not able to. And, and you weren't, they, they would have been by himself. People wouldn't have been able to touch him, otherwise they would have become unclean. And so we sometimes think of it, uh, and he talks about, um, you can make me, um, uh, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The word uh, underneath it is the word that we get kind of almost for catharsis, of, being, of that process of being cleansed, of being, of being completely purified and starting again. And that is what he would have needed. And the remarkable thing about the story Um, in this first of the two stories, is that it's focused around whether Jesus is willing to help or not. Would you just glance down and you'll see in verse 2, and when he comes before him, he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is about Jesus, his desire, and, and does he want to help the leper? And when Jesus reaches out his hand, you see, a second time we're told Um, the word is used, and he says, yes, Jesus says, yes, I am willing. The story focuses around whether Jesus is willing or not to heal him. And wonderfully, remarkably, Jesus is willing. That's the message that comes through in his experience with the leper. Jesus wants to help him. He's willing to offer that kind of help. Uh, Immediately he is cleansed. The change that happens is that the uncleanness of the leper. Normally, that would pass to anybody who touched them. But in this instance, it's Jesus' cleanness, his perfect cleanness, that transfers to the leper. The remarkable miracle is that it transfers that way. Ordinarily, anybody touching the leper would have then been contaminated themselves. They would have been ritually unclean. But Jesus, God on earth, walks, and it's as though the, uh, the movement is the other way. Um, rather than you, you come across talk about materials like Teflon, where things don't, won't, won't land on them, won't contaminate. Jesus is like, it goes the other way. His cleanness passes to the leper rather than the other way around. The story of the centurion is then both a sort of similarity and a contrast, because the story of the centurion is of an outsider. I managed to find a photo of Adam there, who was playing, looking very uh, buff in the, uh, in the centurion's gear. Um, he is an outsider, but a different kind of outsider. So when Jesus, so have a look at verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to this my servant, do this and he does that. And Jesus is amazed by this. Now the centurion has some points of contrast and difference then. The, the centurion is an outsider 
but he's a much more powerful figure than the leper. The leper, the leper is helpless. He is outside spatially, but he has very little he can do about his predicament. The centurion is a man of power and of, uh, of status. He has people who uh, he oversees and manages. I don't know if you have... Um, you'll perhaps be in different spheres of work or influence. Some of you may, some of you may not. Some of you may have those who work for you. I don't know if you are in a position where you have, or in the past, or you do manage others. Whether you work and you... You may know what it is like to have people whom you instruct and tell that they need to do something, and they do, or, um, uh, or given, uh, you, know, you may not give them as commands, but there are things that, they, that need to happen. There may be uh, people that you, you manage in your workplace, uh, um, or, or however it might be. So there is a point of contrast. He is a, he's a man of power, uh, uh, of, uh, of, of status, but he is still an outsider, and he is an outsider in terms of who he is and his identity. He is an outsider as uh, a non-Jewish citizen. Um, He is a Gentile. So he's not one of God's people. Uh, He is a non-Jew. So he's not part of, if you like, the promises that God um, has uh, been working through history. He is an outsider in a different sense, perhaps in the sense of of identity and um, of ethnicity. And as he comes to Jesus, he comes humbly, remarkably humbly in lots of ways, as he presents himself, and he acknowledges Jesus' similar power and status to him, or in fact greater power and status to him. He understands that Jesus can do far more than he can, even though he is aware that he can instruct and command others. So he is this outsider who comes to Jesus, and the story focuses on not so much does Jesus want to help, but Jesus' ability to help, which the, uh, the centurion is convinced is there. So he says, just say the word. His belief in the centurion's power is that just say the word and it will be done. And the, the story, if you like, focuses around his, Jesus' ability to help. And as we read on, Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He said to him, uh, those following him, truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and, and the east and the west and they will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. So you see the, the, the focus of this story on Jesus' ability, and instantly the servant is healed. Jesus is able to do that. That's the, uh, the message, if you like, of these two, um, of, of this uh, second um, episode. Now, as you bring those two together, I've been asking myself through this week, well, what does that mean for us? What do we make? How do we, what, do we, what, do, what is Matthew wanting us to see? And where we are in the sequence of the unfolding story, we've seen Jesus um, appear on the scene. We've drawn lots of parallels between him and the experience of God's people um, in the Old Testament. Uh, And we've seen him go through um, uh, the waters of baptism. We've seen him tempted, um, uh, as we saw, um, uh, and and, um, resist that temptation. 
And he's, he's walking a path that God's people have walked before. And now we're, we're as if uh, when God brought his people together and then he began to expand them and grow the kingdom that they were going to be. So we're in this phase in Matthew's gospel where Jesus' kingdom is now growing and it's expanding. And the impact that Jesus has in the world is beginning to be seen. And what it's, we're, our attention is being drawn to the fact that um, we're, we're seeing how he impacts those who are outsiders. And actually his kingdom begins to grow beyond the boundaries of those you might expect. Now, as outsiders, um, the two figures here are quite, are quite striking. And it may well be that you have an experience of what it means to be an outsider in some way. There can be lots of different ways in which we, are, we feel ourselves to be outsiders. We feel ourselves to be different to those around us. Um, it might be that uh, it is partly your skin colour, uh, your background, your, where, where the country that you're from, and your sense of difference um, in the places that you move and, uh, and work and live, uh, that you're aware of that. It can be, I think, a sense that perhaps you are, you are, you are somehow different to those. It may be that your experience of, uh, of being in a workplace, of being in your, in your family setting, that you are not as gifted or as able as others around you, uh, that you sense some way in which you feel like you are different, you are on the outside of things. Uh, it can be the, 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 the life situation that you are in. Um, and often it can be that you... You can find yourself perhaps like this where you, to all intents and purposes, to everyone outside, it looks like you are the same. But your experience of what you are carrying on the inside means that you feel that sense of difference. It might be the, uh, uh, the family situation that you're in where you carry a sense of loneliness, a sense of isolation. Um, and to others, they may not see it, but you know that on the inside it is very different um, uh, this is one of my favourite ones. You, um, you, might, you might be somebody who senses that actually, yeah, you do, there is a sense of difference that you feel. Nobody necessarily, you're, you're waiting for somebody to kind of find out that you're there, that you haven't yet been sort of caught, um, like the fox in, amongst the uh, dogs here. Or possibly, this is the one that I resonate most with, that at times you have found yourself... <laughs> um, largely trying to carry off like, you're everyone, like everyone else. Uh, there have been distinct points in my life where I feel like I'm, you know, on, I'm, I'm, you're, you're largely kind of dressed up trying to pull off uh, what you think uh, everyone else is like. Um, those sen- that sense of out- outsider difference can be quite profound. And it can be that that is what you carry, but no one else would necessarily know. And Matthew here, in these opening uh, parts of Jesus' public ministry, chapters 8 and 9, that he is... He is showing the impact that Jesus has and the connections he begins to forge with those who are on the outside, bringing outsiders in. The leper, uh, socially outcast, physically distant. The centurion, perhaps, so not somebody who people would look down on, they'd look up to the centurion, but somebody who is distinctly aware of their uh, ethnic difference and the set-apartness that they have. And it's quite dramatic in, in lots of ways. Um, it is uh, uh, perhaps uh, my question for this morning, in one sense, is when, when do we feel like uh, an outsider? Um, 
And the question that I think we come to with these, these two episodes, these two questions, I think if any of us do feel in that situation, what we're often asking underneath, the question beneath the question is, is anybody willing to help? And is anybody able to help? And those two questions are voiced through these two figures um, that we see. And what Matthew presents, in a way, is Jesus doing these two things. I put these two words on the screen. Um, one is welcome and one is hospitality. And I'll explain why I've, I've put those there. But I've put them there with Jesus, what he, what he does, if you see, it, it's, um, it's welcome with a, with a capital W. And it's hospitality with a capital H. Now, I use those words. If you look with me at the centurion, there is a bringing in of outsiders that is quite profound. And when he says to the centurion in particular, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following, truly I've t- I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom in heaven. But the subject of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's quite a, uh, a shocking statement in a way. He's saying that there will be those who do come from outside and are welcomed in. They receive this kind of capital W welcome, this capital H hospitality. There is a feast to be shared and they will come and be a part of that. It is going to be striking to those who think perhaps that they are on the inside and will find that they're not. There's a warning that comes with it too. And it is dramatic when Jesus does this, when he walks uh, on earth. It's, you, know, you and I, I imagine, aren't running around healing lepers and, and uh, you know, distantly healing the sons of centurion, uh, the servants of centurions. It is profound, but you have to imagine this is the impact of God walking on earth in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the impact that he has, the leper that is healed. Um, and the, the welcome that he offers the leper the willingness to touch the unclean person and to make them clean, the hospitality that he offers the centurion, bringing in the outsider, it is dramatic and it is profound. Now, what does it mean for us? I think we're meant to then take this, these two episodes and first and foremost, we're meant to marvel at them, I think. We're meant to be amazed. And as G- Matthew is just unfolding the beginning of this public ministry and to say, look, wow, this is the impact uh, of the Son of God walking on earth. It's extraordinary, but that is the impact that he has. I think we're meant to marvel at it first of all, but then I think we're meant to, um, to see with us, there is a part that, if, if you like, we play in this. This is the, the growth of God's kingdom, and there is a part that we play. Now, if with Jesus it's dramatic, with us I think it is much more ordinary. It is the ordinary work of being a part of a church community, and church community and church family life that can offer that same welcome and hospitality to those who are on the outside. Now, I've put, so if you like, Jesus is welcome with a capital W. For us, it may be, if you can think of it this way, it is welcome with a small W. With Jesus, it is hospitality with a, a capital H. He brings people into the kingdom. With us, it is hospitality with a small H. It is the ordinary work of community and church family life. Now, it takes some thought about what does that mean, but in many ways, it's the undramatic things. Um, I'm going to uh, put up a, a couple of them here that we, um, that we come across. They are, it is the, the ordinary work of, for example, making a meal for somebody you know that is feeling on the edge of things. 
It's the ordinary work of being a part of a house group um, or perhaps a roots group or a small group that you're a part of and coming along to that, the ordinary work of actually coming along and saying, do you know, because I appreciate you may be well feeling on the, out, on the edge of things, but the coming together to open God's words, to pray together, is, is part of just the ordinary way of extending the hand of welcome and hospitality. It is the, the, the simple way of making space within our homes to, to accommodate, to welcome, to receive in those who are different to us, to our, who are outsiders. It begins here on a Sunday and it extends through the week. It's the ordinary and the undramatic that mirrors, if you like, what Jesus is laying out for us with his dramatic receiving in of the leper, the centurion, the outcast, the outsider. So it's, it's undramatic in lots of ways. Uh, it's unremarkable in many. But let me, I, the question I want to, to kind of throw out to you, who could you be doing that for this week? Who could you be doing that for this week? Who do you know who is perhaps on the fringe of things? Or who could you look up and see is on the fringe of things? Who, for whatever reason, personal circumstances, their family situation, uh, a loss that they feel, they're simply being an outsider in our culture and in, our, in the UK. Who could you do that for this week? It would mirror, in a sense, the way God's kingdom grows as his son expands the boundaries uh, of his kingdom here on earth. There is a word, um, we'll finish with this, there is a word um, uh, in Greek, uh, it's the word xenia. It comes up in the New Testament. There's a couple of points. There's one in Acts and in the book of Philemon where um, it comes up. The word xenia may not be known to you. It means hospitality. It's guest fellowship. Um, it means uh, that, that kind of uh, um, hospitality, guest friendship. You may not know this word, but you might know the word that we speak of quite a bit today from which we get somebody who doesn't offer guest fellowship, hospitality, is xenophobic. Somebody who is xenophobic doesn't offer guest friendship, hospitality. What we see in these two passages, Jesus supremely offers this kind of xenia, this guest fellowship, this friendship. He invites the centurion into the feast of his people. He touches and welcomes the leper. It's quite striking in our modern culture to think that Xenophobia derives from this word, that actually it's that lack of ex- extending hospitality and guest friendship that creates something that we talk quite a lot about uh, in this day and age. I think we're meant to take these two passages and first and foremost marvel at Jesus and his growing kingdom. And not only marvel at it, but be invited to be a part of it and offer that same Small H, hospitality, small W, welcome. But we can be a part of that uh, in our church community and out into the, um, uh, the places that we will go, the workplaces, the family settings that we have through this week. Why don't we pray together as we finish? Gracious Father, we do marvel. We marvel at your son to see him uh, as Matthew just uh, um, excites us with these two uh, episodes as he reached and touched the leper, as he brought in the centurion into the feast. Uh, what a mar- remarkable transformation. Lord, and we, 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 we long to marvel at it ourselves, help us to do that afresh. And Lord, give us eyes that see where we can 
we can mirror some of that in much smaller ways, undramatic ways, ordinary ways. But Lord, help us to see. Be prompting us by your Spirit where we can do that this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing uh, here probably. It's called My.